This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on patreon.com slash Report. Let's do the show, folks. Come, come, come. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Woo! Star Wars Report. The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. The Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Wow. Uh, no, now, now, we're, now we'll start. Um, I can't wait. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Star Wars Report podcast. I just pronounced all of that very weirdly. I'm Riley Blanton, your host for this particular podcast episode. It's our special one-year anniversary look back at The Last Jedi. We're recording a... A film commentary, and by we, I mean sitting right across from me, not virtually across from me, right the frick across from me, in the Alpharetta Annex Studios of the Star Wars Report Podcasting Empire. Anyway, uh, it's yes. Bruce Gibson, everybody. Hey, 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 hi. hey, hi. <laughs> hey the, my favorite era of this podcast, probably, is the lead up to The Force Awakens. A very close second is the episodes we would record... Right here in your basement, where we sit now. Yes. Leading up to the Last Jedi, so it is apropos that once again. This is like old times. Uh, yes, yes, it is, and uh, I cannot wait to revisit. We have some listener email we'll talk about, but really, we're just gonna have a conversation. We are, because convers- you know we've seen this before. It's yes. not like I have to say shh. shh. Like, I got to uh, hear this part. Yeah, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh, we've seen it a few times, and it has built. Uh, ever in controversy and we'll get into that once the film itself starts but what you're going to do is you're going to go to that chapter one opening logo and you're going to highlight it on the blu-ray this is the blu-ray right yes okay the blu-ray um and uh, you can hit play and watch along with us for this episode but as you're seeing the runtime on this episode we are actually breaking up the length so that throughout the first part of january that will be the episodes for the Star Wars Report. So we'll have, uh, I don't know what it's going to tally out to, like 45 minutes. But you can follow along with us here. But the an even easier way, if I could shamelessly promote. Oh, please we do. Did, we haven't done this with the commentary before. But I'm going to put together a picture-in-picture video that has our commentary as well as the full two-hour-plus audio track uh, for you to uh, watch or listen to at your pleasure to be able to sync up the whole movie. Now I know a lot of you guys you can you'll you'll hear the podcast and you know the movie pretty well anyway. But if you want to actually watch it on your mobile device or queue it up on your TV, there's going to be a private Vimeo streaming link to where you can watch the picture in the background and hear our voices. I know it's crazy, right? It's like we're a bonus feature on the blue. We, we're making our own bonus feature and you might be asking yourself, well how do I access said video and full length commentary audio track? Well, right now, it is available. It is available at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Uh, that's where we post our rogue transmissions and other bonus content. But the bonus content uh, for this new year is uh, The Last Jedi full video with our commentary. And you can uh, stream it right there on your mobile device. And access it at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. That's what, how do you spell Patreon? That's a weird... P-A-T... 
P-A-T-R-E-O-N. E-O-N at gmail.com. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, let's let's do this, Bruce. Uh, let's get it started. Um, I'll do the three, two, one, go, and then uh, have you have you hit the go button? I'll hit the go button. All right, all right. I'm going to talk loud because my level is low. Okay. <laughs> that's a, yeah, it's a thing. Because everybody's like, why is that guy shouting? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so three, two, one, go. All right, he just selected the logo, and we have... The blank screen and blank screen. Uh, and, and if you're trying to sync with us, I'll also say the second the Lucasfilm yeah. logo is fading in now, fading in now. All right, there, there we is. go. So if you want to sync up, that's that's your audio mark um, for the track. But uh, a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, dot 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 dot. Yeah, crank that, man. You want it? Cranked? Let's get just for a second. Just let just let let me breathe it in. Holy cow, I did not <laughs> realize that your sound system was that capable. And that wasn't even the highest setting. <laughs> Can we actually cancel the commentary? I just want to watch it with your sound system cranked like that. Dude. Um, so I was just watching the, listening to the actual Ryan Johnson commentary of this, which was interesting. Have you heard it? Uh, yes, but it's been a while. It's when it first came out. Yeah. It has been a while. It's been a whole year, what, man. April, May, when this came out on... Blue. Yeah, no, it was April. It was yeah. before Solo came. Well, yeah, out. because it was like right, right before I left. Because we wa- we did our other commentary with the with it once it came out at uh, Michael Morris's house, and uh, that That's was right. it was still kind of fresh. But a lot of the controversy had already brewed at that point. But um, we're gonna kind of dig into it with hopefully a little bit more perspective and a little bit more nuance. Oh, okay. A little bit of. Glitz and glamour, if you will. I don't know. Um, but uh, Bruce, yes, <laughs> yeah. You last watched this back when back when we did the commentary, right? Have you watched it since? Oh no, I've watched it since, but it's been a few months. Yeah, I haven't watched it since Solo came out on digital and Blu-ray. Which and when did that happen? That was uh, what September. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, so I probably watched this August. Something maybe like that. Yeah. So, over time, I went back and... Um, oh, do you mind turning it down a little bit? I, I realize we have the, our volumes a little high here in the yep, studio. that's fine. But um, over time, uh, has your opinion changed? And if you don't remember your opinion, I'm going to pull it up here on our Facebook page. Who, my opinion? Your opinion. You, you, you ha- have you, my opinion on Facebook? I do have your <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I do have uh, your opinion on Facebook. or it's, And that's facebook.com slash Star Wars Report, which is what I'm typing in now. Do you remember what you first thought of this movie? Yes. Okay. Because it's, it's on video. Yeah, it's on video because we recorded like a little vlog button yeah. um, just to kind of get an idea of what, what your thoughts were. I still have the damage on my car from that day. <laughs> the damage? Wait, what happened? Because when we met to do the drone, oh, yeah. I noticed like months later, I was like, oh, I did like damage the, underneath my car. There's a little dent. Yeah. All right, I found it. I found it here. Here here he is. Nah. <laughs> You're around here somewhere. Here you go. All right, here we go. This is you. We did it. Do I, do I have All to right. say anything? <laughs> Does this not show how I feel? <laughs> what did you think? Uh, I think it is excellent. Uh, not disappointed at all. 
If you are a Star Wars fan or even just a casual fan who's kind of like the movies, you'll love this one. I, so, <laughs> do you take part of that back? <laughs> you know. Well, I don't. I was predicting the future. You, I thought everybody would love the movie. <laughs> and? But I, I don't know if I. I mean, excellent. Um, I mean, maybe that's a bit of exaggeration, but I still really like the movie. Yeah. I, I, yeah, upon repeated viewings, I like it too. I like it. I, I actually, there are parts of this movie I really do love. Um, but <clears throat> the, this film has almost become kind of a, a cultural, uh, line of demarcation and warfare, right? It's yeah. sort of like the, if you aren't happy with Disney owning Star Wars, then this film represents everything that's wrong with that process. And that's a lot of the criticism I see. So like a perfect example in this scene here, uh, I'm taking off my shoes just to be really comfortable. Sorry if they smell. Uh, <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> you're, you're, I'm literally sprawled out on Bruce's couch. Very, this is my favorite way to podcast. And though. the funny thing comfy. is I'm on the couch with him. It's, it's kind of gross. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm on another... I'm yeah. on a love seat over here. <laughs> hey, it's better than us being together on the love seat. That's that would right. be weird. <laughs> uh, what were we saying? Oh no! Like this scene, perfect example. Like the um, Poe Dameron. Like a lot of the people who really didn't like the movie, the first thing they'd say from the first woman is like they hated the humor of him calling him hugs and the whole like joking about your mom type thing. Um, and that's where that's sort of the dividing line. Like if early on, I remember if like someone hated that scene then t to me, that's the sign that they would hate this whole movie. Well, and that's funny because I remember saying, I don't know if it was on this show or something, but uh, that scene, I remember when it came on, the hugs and all that, and I was like, okay, I'm going to like this. This is going to be fun. <laughs> like, that sold me right away. Like, this, there's going to be some fun humor in this. Yeah, and, like, this is the whole this whole thing. Um, this opening sequence, to me, is pretty much flawless. I love it. It's like its own miniature movie within a movie. And, um, but like I say that there's that sort of polarization and I wanted to get into, there's Wisecrack is a YouTube channel that, um, I was watching for some like last Jedi breakdowns, video essays, reviews, thoughts to kind of prepare and get my mind back into the, the last Jedi game. And the guy made an interesting point as far as sort of the cultural difference. And that's the, a crisis of legitimacy, in Star Wars, mm. like who uh, who has the right, right? Who has the right to change Star Wars? And in the in the he made like the comparison of like the Catholic Church of like having all the denominations at a period of history that were revolting and stuff and didn't like some of the changes. Right. And the legitimacy of Star Wars, even for people who didn't didn't like it, is that it all was George Lucas and Lucasfilm. And in the era of Disney, there's a new person you can blame for change you don't like. There's literally a villain and the villain can be Disney. And so that makes it e that his point was well, that criticism of the film becomes less about the film itself and its flaws or benefits because all of the Star Wars movies have flaws and benefits and you know have amazing things and not so great things. But there hasn't been the sort of backlash negativity of this kind even with the prequels was his point. And do you think there's a comparison? Is this just another iteration of there being a backlash against a movie that just kind of like the prequels and people will get over it and accept it eventually? Or is there a legitimate split here? I feel like there's more split than any other time. Yeah. I think the line is 
is more bold between the split. Yeah. It's harder to crack that wall. Um, but there, no, I, I, I do. There's a part of me that at least hopes, but I do feel like over time, maybe people will come to accept this movie that don't like it. Like, oh, well, I still don't love it, but it's not that bad, you know? Uh, because I feel like that's what's happened with the prequels. And I was reminded today on a Facebook post uh, when I saw The Empire Strikes Back in 1980, most of my friends did not like that movie. Yeah. I mean, I had to go to middle school and listen to like, oh, no, it's not as good as the first one. Oh, the second the second one sucked. Because Why didn't people like it? Because I think because it was a downer. I mean, you know, Han has been frozen in carbonite. You know, Luke. I mean, I think people... It wasn't that people hated it. It's just a lot of people didn't like it nearly as much as the first one. And so there was always this like talk of like, eh, it was okay. It wasn't that good. Because I think there's a lot of negative things that happened to our heroes in that. It wasn't as feel good as the first one. Yeah. Which, I mean, none of that's changed in the movie, but people feel totally different about it today. I mean, I remember when I left The Empire Strikes Back, I was not happy. It wasn't that I didn't like the movie, but I was like, I can't wait three years to find out if Han's really alive and if Vader is really Luke's father. So mm. a lot of people left like pissed off because now we don't have answers. Does this sound familiar? We don't have answers to all of our questions. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> no. That's true. And there were a lot of, like, especially big questions. Yeah. Um. Huh. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. I for one, I but I pretty much this opening sequence to me is flawless. Oh yeah, I'm sorry this. guys, it is. And I don't care if Star the Wars bombs perfect. have gra- they're they're falling. They're like spring loaded, right? Yeah, okay. they're just the yeah they're just the being question pushed. that see for that kind of thing, a lot of like whether it's the science in a Star Wars scene, if I think to ask the question, it's sort of how the film executes it. And when I watched this movie, there was no kind of like. I was like, wait a second, why are the bombs going down? It's Well, there's space. a lot of things. Why can't I hear the ships in space? Yeah, exactly. And if it's done right, you don't think about it. And there's bombs in the asteroid field of, of the Empire Strikes Back. Accept the absurdities, because they're just absurdities in Star Wars. Right. It just depends on how well they're done as to whether or not it's distracting from the story. And the story here is the mini-movie. Like, um, Paige Tico here uh, like has her own miniature character arc. You know, that even even not even knowing the significance of the charm necklace yet you sort of get that there is a significance and this is what star wars at its greatest which is dropping you into the middle of the story as much as the last jedi starts right after the force awakens really the only scene that's like that is the luke skywalker saber scene which we will come to very shortly but like well, this it's just like a new hope just drops us straight into the middle of the evacuation and that battle. wasn't the original intent remember that the original opening scene was finn waking up from mm-hmm. uh in the medical in bay. The medical bay yeah like ryan johnson had some kind of fancy schmancy effect shot that he was going to use but he decided to do more of the the sweeping thing but yeah you see page tico's sacrifice here it has meaning it's sort of in the way Dak. It's very similar, I would say, in the little miniature arc, character arc that you see Dak. You only see him for a second, but you kind of like him. He's like, I'm going to take on the whole empire by myself. In this case, you see Paige's bravery and how she's the last hope of the And battle. see, the artificial gravity in the ship is, that's why those bombs are falling, and then when they hit space, they just continue in that direction. I think there's springs there. I don't actually remember. I remember there's Maybe like, spring. There's Whatever. a reason. There's a reason. Um, there's a reason but, for the season. Uh, it's the hap happiest season of all. Merry Christmas, everybody! Explosion. <laughs> um, but like, there's a lot of 
small character moments and miniature character arcs like Captain Canada, right right here. Like Aaron and I are in love with Canada. We he made Captain Canada shirts to wear at New York Comic Con, but they <laughs> didn't quite turn out, so oh, we weren't able to. But like sucks. I each of those um character arcs are the strengths. The I think there are certain story elements and characters mostly characters if I'm honest. There's a couple plot points, but a few characters that I think fall short or distract from what could have been a better story upon repeated viewings. And we'll dig into that a little bit more um, as we go through the film. There is Supremely Dismissed. I'll take it in my chambers. He's talking about a spanking. Because <laughs> he's going to get... Anyway. Um, I do feel like the First Order is pretty pathetic compared to the Empire. Yeah. You do know? you think that's a intentional story thing did they or did they make it pathetic for the sake of humor or is it supposed to be pathetic because i've heard plenty of people defend it saying well of course they're all fanatics they haven't really had the real training like canada is one of the few officers who actually had experience in the old um galactic civil war all the all these other people are like new and inexperienced i don't know my initial response to that was i think they did it for the humor's sake yeah but at the same time, I think uh, I think just like the villain, Kylo Ren, he isn't the, the perfect villain compared to Vader. And so this the, the First Order isn't the perfect organization compared to of the that. Empire. Yeah. Yeah. Because the resistance is pretty damn good. Like, at yeah. their jobs. even Except for, like, he just lost a bunch of their bombers. But he also took out a Dreadnought. Um, you know, so he's sort of justified in his swagger again. He accomplished the goal at some human cost. All right, we get the the reuniting of Finn and Poe. Yes, right before the place I've been to. Woohoo! I know I said this literally on our last commentary, but every time I see the scene, it's so different having been there. It just makes me happy. <laughs> like. Mm. You stood right at that place, right, right there. At the spot. Yes. Uh. And we handing the lightsaber, and this is the first real Ryan Johnson middle finger to Star Wars, as is it traditionally understood. You know, it's going to be hard to talk about this movie without talking about the criticism. No, but, yeah, you I know, mean, that's kind of where we find ourselves rewatching this a year in, which. Is one of the things that sucks about watching this movie now. It's hard to remove. Yeah, because all I can hear is the complaints. Yeah, well, like this, what like we just it. saw the the casual uh, throwing away. When I saw it in theaters, it got, it was a laughing line. Like people thought it was funny the way Lou just casually tosses it aside. It's kind of funny. Yeah, and I didn't laugh at it. I didn't have a problem with. It. I didn't think it was really funny. I just thought it was very dismissive, and yeah. I thought, wow, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, you know, and he seems. You didn't even you didn't instantly off. just write on your phone hashtag not my Skywalker. No. No. Okay. But yeah, he he dismisses the um the the entire. Uh, hmm. I'm trying to think of how to say it. It's he is dismissive. Yeah. 
I'm trying to find. We had an email. We've we've got a couple email. We got uh, two different emails I want to highlight in the show. We've got they're really, really long. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's there's see. The porgs, which I was worried they were going to have too many of the porgs in this. They have a lot, but I don't think too much. But not yeah, not too much. Yeah, I'm looking for do 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 do. And the ship in the water, I always like that. Mm-hmm. Let's the X-wing. see. You know, Let's people see. often ask, why was he wearing those robes? I oh. think he was probably doing some ceremony yeah. thing. Or Let's see. And she just happened to show up at that time. Let's see. I'm trying to find um, a section of this e- the email from Tristan. I feel like, uh, but I, I I couldn't. We'll 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 get to that a little bit later. But I don't know where. Do you, the first time you watched it, did you have any questions in your mind about how Luke was portrayed, or like for the first time, not now looking back? No, I mean I accepted the way he was portrayed. I thought it was an interesting take than to do what would be expected and just see the hero Luke Skywalker. Um, yeah. I guess to me it just I related to the fact that sometimes over time what you believed in before you start to question and you can get bitter about things. And so I've known people like that so that didn't seem something that was impossible for this mm-hmm. character. Yeah. And if anything, I thought, well, this gives us a chance to do something more with the character because the the interesting about thing about a character in a story is seeing a change. And so I knew that, you know, okay, he's bitter, he's upset about something, he's cut himself off. Not just why, but how do we get him back? And so I was interested in that journey. Yeah. And, and that's sort of... Ryan's expectation, um, I think that he's trying to set up for us, is that this is a very different Luke Skywalker. He wants the lightsaber tossing to signify um, how something's wrong and something's amiss. And I think it's easy, especially based on that first scene, because he's so flippant about it. Your mind can go one of two places. You can say something is wrong and amiss with the plot and with Luke and you want to find out what's, what's happening with him mm. or your mind goes to something's wrong and amiss with the decisions behind the scenes to write Luke this way. You know what I mean? Right. And, and that can be a lot of the criticism of the film movie. Cause I think a lot of the criticism that I disagree with, cause there's a lot of criticisms I do agree with, but the things I part ways on with a lot of the criticism with this movie are things that I embraced the sort of story and journey that there that Ryan's trying to tell. Right. Whereas I think a lot of times for the people who didn't like it, you're unwilling to do that. And that's not like a knock on you if that's if that's you and it's just that wasn't the story you wanted. But I think that may help explain the vast differences. Because like now we're in the scene with Snoke mm-hmm. and like for me, I'm a hundred percent on board with Snoke becoming a simple device that just it, it literally he's a he's like a MacGuffin in this movie. He's just he's just like a villainous guy saying villainous things here for a while, and then you know later in the movie he's just offed. But there's really there's some real significance to that because that's the moment 
Kylo and Ray's relationship changes. Yes. And it's a huge decision for Kylo, obviously. But um, I was all about that. I didn't have in my mind of like, no, but I want to know where he was from. Well, or I he didn't was have that thought at all. Or... It wasn't until the next day when I was just reflecting on the film and I was like, right. huh. oh, you know what? Wait, we didn't find anything more about Snoke. But at the time, I didn't miss that. Yeah, in the moment. Yeah. Again, Kylo Ren very consistent with Force Awakens here. Total temper tantrum. You know, going back to Luke and everything, I remember at the time watching this feeling, it reminded me of things I'd seen in comic books with superheroes, where it's like, you know, the older Batman, the older Bruce Wayne gives up. You know, he retires. He can yeah. only do so much. It's like I got that same feeling from Luke. Yeah. There are two, and we'll, we'll circle back to this a lot, but I just want to say these up front, and we can bring them up again as, as we want to talk more about it, Bruce, but there are two significant things that are happening with Luke here that I think counter the narrative that he's just given up. Now, he's given up. He hasn't just given up. He hasn't just failed. He do, This movie isn't the story of Luke Skywalker... Uh, you know, just rejecting the old Jedi way, ways and failing the heroes. Right, because why would he go to this island? Because he doesn't... If he rejected the Jedi ways, why be there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, he rejected sort of the modern Jedi. This is sort of him returning to the older ways. But he... Ray wants him to train her, and he refuses at first, and then he offers his three lessons. But there's a change in Luke, and it's when he sees R2, and he sees the hologram, and he's reminded of the... Princess Leia's call for help to General Kenobi, and when he sees that, he's reminded of who he is and why that's important, and that's when he offers to help train Rey with the three lessons, two of which we see in the movie. Well, and I also think I accept the way Luke is in this more so than maybe some people did, because if this movie took place a year or two after Return of the Jedi, it would feel really awkward, but knowing now that he's an older man and it's been 30 years. It's like, to me, there's been a lot of events that he has gone through in his yeah. life that brought him here. Yeah. You know, there's the reason gives a history to him. He's ultimately willing to train Ray until he sees her cavorting with Kylo, but that just makes sense to me. So it's not like he's unwilling to ever train her. He actually does change his mind when he sees the hologram. That's the first thing. And the second big thing is him saving the day at the end of this movie. Cause if th that's, and we're going to get to that. Luke freaking Skywalker freaking saves the freaking day. Yes. All right? Well, you know... The th the I'm going to say that a lot throughout this whole commentary. <laughs> We're not even at that part. I know. It's really early <laughs> on. <laughs> but, but you're right. The hero does return. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't feel like I hear and enough I of that. will not be the last Jedi. The other, th the other thing that... Uh, one thing that I don't really care for about this movie... Well, it's not the movie myself. Well, I guess it kind of is. But I feel like there's so much emphasis where people talk about this movie. It's like Luke and about Kylo Ren and... I don't feel like there's a lot of talk about Ray, and Rey? she should really be the star of the movie. She's not really though, right? And that I have a bit of an issue with. Yeah, as one thing, I kind of look more forward to in Episode Nine is that it, it's really, it's really a chance for Ray to shine. To shine. Well, <laughs> and I looked it. at it also <laughs> as like. Uh, episode, uh, the Force Awakens is Ray's story is more of Ray's story. That is, and this one's more of Kylo's story. Yeah, and then the next one would be the two together. You know, yeah. finishing off both of their like, stories. I'm not. I'm just not there with a lot of with most of the criticism of Luke Skywalker in this movie. I'm just not. If I'm Me being either. honest. Now, with when we get to the, to Finn and Rose, 
the, yeah. <laughs> uh, I have, and we'll go through that more. Um, Wait, where, didn't you tell me Rose was your favorite character in this? I feel like that she was one of my favorites. Yeah. Characters. Uh, not so much. It Is it because of the relationship with Finn? I guess we'll get to that later. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to it more, and it's not that. It's 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 the. Um, for, for, I mean, I like Rose still, but um, it was. It, it, I guess it's not as much about her as it's Finn didn't really get. He was really short shifted in this movie in yeah. in a lot of ways, um, and I'll, I'll and I'll get into that when we see when we see Finn. Don't let me forget. Now, the thing I like about this scene is he's like, "Why you? Why did they say why? You? why? Yes, but Ray why you? And I don't think that's ever really this was in the email because like he was like he also say Ray from nowhere, and she hasn't actually told him her name. And I, and uh, I think it was Tristan who emailed us and is like, that's you know that's kind of significant that he kind of knows that. Oh, I never even thought. I think that. it's more of like the writing. Like, who are you? I'm nobody. Huh. Oh, could, maybe uh, I just thought of this. If you don't mind tossing on the subtitles, that way I'll I'll know. Uh, I'll be able to follow along a bit more with the dialogue. I don't actually have the dialogue super well memorized. I I did not see this one nearly as many times as I did Force Awakens. That's oh, which film? Which film do you like better? I knew you were going to ask me that. I woke up this morning. I thought he's going to ask me which I like better, and yeah. I don't know. Um, <laughs> is it is it a tough one? I I having just rewatched both of them, I think For- Force Awakens is just a clear favorite for me. It There's is. things I like about Force Awakens better than this, and things I like about this better than Force Awakens. For story wise, I like this a little better because. To me, it's different. Yeah. Whereas a lot of things of the Force Awakens that echoes the other movies, so it's not as original to me. But I like the character development in the Force Awakens better, and I like the cinematography a little better. Uh, so, and the, I also I, I like, like Harrison character. Ford a little better. Well, I like Harrison Ford. Like, yeah. So, uh, yeah. He, the strength of his character and the character of Han Solo, is like if if you if you're sad because Luke Skywalker is a very different Luke Skywalker here, man. Han, he nailed Han Solo in that in that yeah. film. I would probably say that The Force Awakens probably edges this out. Yeah. But, I mean, not by a lot. Not for me. Yeah. I remember coming out of this movie being more enthusiastic than I did after The Force Awakens. Because when I came out of The Force Awakens, I was still trying to take it all in because everything was so new. Oh, it was, yeah. Where this was a continuation, so I was able to accept it faster. Like it didn't have to process it as much, so yeah. I had more fun coming when I came out of it. As you could see in the video mm-hmm. <laughs> on YouTube. Yep, you were you were elated in that video. It's great. I just remember I had a great time. We did. That I mean, was, was fun. I honest of all of the screenings of a Star Wars movie, that was probably the most fun of seeing a Star Wars movie for the first time in theaters I've ever had. And we were there at a press screening. Yeah, everyone was dead silent. So everybody no was like into it, dead silent. And what? afterwards, and it's different to going to a regular theater, but when the lights come up, everybody kind of stands around us talking. And the yeah. vibe was very positive. Yeah. Hmm. And I just remember thinking, oh, everybody's going to love it because the people I just saw it with, they all loved it. Well, the critics did love it. And then the critics, all of a sudden, then the reviews come out and they were all positive. Yeah. And still, to this day, you can look on Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic and all these others and and Cinescope and all the, and they're still very, very positive. Yeah. No, they they are. And so when the movie comes out and people are dogging, I was like, "Uh, what just happened? (laughs) 
now we have the MacGuffin moment, which is a little forced, but not unlike Star Wars. We've had this before. Um, First Order jumps in. They found out where they are, but they're chasing the resistance. Now, I honestly, in my mind, I know I've heard the explanation, but I've forgotten. Why can't they just jump to light speed here? Oh, they tracked them through light speed. I just saw that on the thing. Leia's like, they've tracked us through light speed. But right. do they ever say why they can track them through light speed? Is that a thing that they ever explain? Or just like, well, they can track well, us through they, light they speed? Well, they said something. Yeah, I think it was just more like they obviously fa- have a technology now that they can do this. It's a little convenient. Because it's sort of the whole, the whole MacGuffin of the film, the whole drive of the film, is that they're constantly being chased down by the First Order until uh, they have no other choice. They're just slowly running out of fuel, right? That's sort of the yeah su- subplot. I mean, it's kind of like, whoop do you freaking do yeah. <laughs> You know, but... Yeah, I, I guess... What, I'm trying to think of a good comparison in the original trilogy. Whenever I hear some like really common plot hole complaints, I think of similar plot holes in the most beloved Star Wars films, and then I'm kind of okay with them. Can I say one thing that bothers me about the one of the most beloved Star Wars films called A New Hope? Let's hear it. Is Luke, who is a farmer kid, yeah. When he gets to uh, Yavin Four, he's uh, assigned a, to be a pilot. Oh, but he used to bullseye Wamprat yeah. T sixteen. But then at home. the very end, when the ceremony, look how many freaking pilots didn't go. There uh, are, like there's a whole auditorium of pilots. Oh, that's right, because they have like 17 pilots in the entire battle. Right. And the auditorium has like 500. Yeah. Was it a volunteer mission? I don't know. <laughs> I never thought and about this. And it's like, <laughs> what were those guys doing? Why did he get to go over all these other trained pilots? <laughs> I have no idea. Um, huh. All right, so, yep, uh, first order attack. Uh, you know what? I have a reason. Oh, no, this isn't about this movie, but I just <laughs> came <going>. up <laughs> with my headcanon. My headcanon <laughs> is that uh, there were only a few pilots on the base of Yavin when they went to attack the Death Star. But after the Death Star exploded, other rebel pilots from other bases were able to come in time to join the ceremony. Yeah. That didn't couldn't get there in time to fight the Death Star. There you go. Anyway, let's go back to The Last Jedi. Oh, yeah, Last Jedi. So this is um, kind of another, this is another sort of Ryan Johnson uh, what you're expecting, what you're expecting, what you're expecting. You know, he sees him, the slow pan in. You know Carrie Fisher's dead. God rest her soul. Um, they do that, even that, like that dramatic fade back and forth. And you see him, focuses on the trigger. And he backs out. Yep. Ooh. And then, of course, they're like, oh, whew, good thing nobody's gonna. Oh, crap. They're still good um, in him. And then, yep, you see uh, Leia sucked out into the vacuum space. Now, if only she were like General Grievous and had like a grappling hook and she could just like bang, hit the outside of the ship and swing back around. That was one of the coolest things in Revenge of the Sith ever, by the way. Yeah, that was cool. Um, But uh, kicked out into the uh, abyss of space. And... uh, Hmm... Wow, I can't believe they killed her off so early in the movie. I, I was, I was like, wow, I can't believe they didn't show her die because that would be more significant, more emotionally impactful. That's what I thought the first time I saw this. 
And then, yet we get a little bit of explanation. Hey, it's just a matter of time. They only have so long. <laughs> I, I don't know why I'm, I, I promise I wasn't yawning for effect there. Um, the first time I saw the scene, I thought it was weird and poorly done. <laughs> Not going to lie. <laughs> the first time I saw this scene, I thought it was scene was great because it was like, She's using the force. I love the the fact that she was using the force, and I really wanted that. It just felt very abrupt in the way it was done. And it was honestly half the effect. The effect did not look good. You mean the Mary Poppins effect, right? It was the, it's, it was the it's, way to promote Mary this, Poppins' it's return. It's this shot right here. That It looks like it. it's weird. I don't know why I don't like it. It's just not... It's it's like a superhero level. It's well, I force, mean, it is. It's in force a sense. unleashed level power with. But uh, see, that's where the thing I liked about this scene was it showed me that Leia just wasn't strong with the force. She was badass with the force. Yeah, and I agree. It's a badass move. I just don't like the way it's executed. But I'm trying to think of what I'd prefer. I'm being so picky here. But I'm like, I feel like there's a better way that they could have done it. I mean, it's not necessary to the Finn, plot of the story. They could have found a way just she got injured on the ship if they wanted to introduce Haldo as in command as opposed to doing all that. It's really not necessary. It was there just to be a cheering moment that got jeers. Yeah, I know. It got cheers when I saw, when we saw it in theaters a couple times. Oh, we get the Chewbacca Porg moment. Tell me uh, you did not think of the scene this during is, Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's delicious. I uh, I thought it was really funny. This is very much Chewbacca humor. It's like it's it's like straight out of Return of the Jedi when he sees like the bait that the Ewoks have set. You know, there he is. Oh, poor Chewie. Luke. Chewie's gonna go to bed hungry. Oh yeah, Luke you walks on the Falcon, and this I, is again. This is an important turning point. For and Luke's haven't character. watched this in a while. It just, I, I, it's. I don't remember this being this soon. Oh yeah, it's fairly early in the movie. How far? How let's let's take the tally because we're still kind of. We've only just gotten past setup. Oh, hey, I saw those dice in Solo. Yep, and we would have seen them. There was a big scene in Force Awakens, where he, where Han was going to hang the dice in the Falcon when he first got there. However, unfortunately, uh, they cut that out, but uh, f- forgot to tell Ryan. Is that in the deleted scenes? Yeah, or? no, Ryan in the commentary was talking about He's like, yeah, that was one of those things that I wish that there's going to be this whole scene in The Force Awakens. And then, you know. Yeah, we're 34 minutes into the film. So this is, yeah. But yeah, I wish I could make you understand... I'm not coming back. Again, Luke's very much. Nothing can make me change his mind. And that's that's consistent with the Luke we've met so far. The bitter, the fearful, the the one who's who's given up. But here he sees General Kenobi. And uh, you know, it's it, And it, then R2 moves his head. Does that mean Leia's projection moved? Uh that's a good question. I, I don't think, think so. every time I've seen that I always think that. <laughs> <laughs> Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. I like how the recording's degraded a little bit. Degraded a little bit. Not degraded. Two different words. Um, but you see, but it's it's degraded, and here he is. Tomorrow at dawn. It's sort of, it's a very almost like getting ready for the, I will teach you the ways of the Jedi, 
and why they need to end. So again, this it's no longer about he hasn't changed his mind about where he is on the Jedi Order and its failure. But I also think that's the sort of fundamental way I view the Jedi Order because I already, and maybe it's a prequel generation thing, but I already saw like a, a large point of the prequels, which is what Qui-Gon points out in The Phantom Menace, is the arrogance of the Jedi and the Jedi Council and why they've drifted from the Jedi ways. If anything, I can see Qui-Gon being like Luke if Qui-Gon lived on. Absolutely. Are you kidding? Yeah. And, and that's sort of, so that's consistent. So when Luke here changes his mind about training Rey, to me that's important. When he says the ways of the Jedi need to end, I don't think he's talking about like what's right in the galaxy. He's just saying the way we approach the Force can't be like the old Jedi Order that failed. So, And he has taken it too far. That is addressed later in the movie. He's yes. become too bitter. He's become too willing to... Um, give up on on the old because you know as ray points out it was also a jedi that saved uh darth vader right he's not giving himself enough credit we'll come back to this conversation after we begin talking about admiral haldo yes yeah, so what did you think of her i on the first viewing right yeah i gotta be generous because you know i you know she's not a very popular character with some later but i can say with clarity and emphatically that she's the worst character in the entire Disney era of Star Wars. <laughs> Upon my first, before anyone said anything about her character. Now listen, Poe, total jerk and idiot in a lot of this, right? I don't want to take away from that. Yeah. But the way Admiral Holdo is designed in costume, the way her, she affects her mannerisms, the way her dialogue is written is just outlandish and out of place in a Star Wars movie. Okay. Okay. Allow me to explain why. Please explain why. It's and just so you know, it's not like I'm a big Haldo fan. Yeah, no. So. Uh, uh, the play devil's advocate. You can you can listen. Stick up. I'm sure people will be yelling at their iPhones. Yeah, but but guys, uh, allow. So I come at this from a military perspective. All right, I'm in the military. I feel like I have some. Do I have some say on the topic of like when it comes to mutinies and chain of command and when yes. you have a right to know of things, right? So yeah. I can clearly say that right here, um, Poe is out of line. This is, in fact, you know when um, Ryan Johnson talks about the movies that inspired this movie, remember way back in the day? Yeah. And one of them was 12 O'Clock High. The plot of 12 O'Clock High includes um, uh, pilots... Uh, turning on their commander like that's a whole that's a whole the mutiny is is a big subject and so him wanting to know the plan in detail like he doesn't need to know that and he can operate the mission effectively by trusting his leaders to make the right decision and that's the thing he needs to do as a pilot as a cat as a commander uh, and then captain that's what he needs to do well and that's basically what haldo tells him. and and haldo's calling him out rightfully yeah. so right none of this changes the fact that Haldo is totally unmilitaristic in the way she presents herself. The, her conversation and back and forth with her subordinates is petty and it is immature and it is angry and emotional. And none of those are the characteristics of a good leader. And but. the movie sets her up as a good leader. Like she is the counter to pose insolence and she's like she's at, you know, of the the what is it the ba battle of chiron belt you know she's renowned for her reputation in in battle but the entire way that she conducts herself as a military officer 
is just awful. And it frustrates me when I watch the movie. It doesn't change anything about Poe being in the wrong. I, I, he's in the wrong, in my opinion. Because um, he's, he's insolent in the way that he does that, and he ultimately commits mutiny. But it doesn't also change the fact that uh, Haldo is just a irritating, obnoxious character. And, that's, and I went well, there. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'm, and I'm, that's fine, but <laughs> in, defense, opinion. in defense, she's not in uniform. Right? But she should be. Well, exactly. But the thing is, and maybe it's because, uh, and I can't remember the book. Why off. is everyone else what on the bridge in uniform? In? Uh, I can't remember. Some book. dumb book. <laughs> I can't remember the book's <laughs> name right now. But anyway, whatever book it was, because yeah. I read it at the time before this movie. Yeah. I mean, I think of her and Leia as not necessarily military grown people like uh, the resistance to me is a mix of military no. and volunteers and such like you, you've gone you've been you're in the military and you've gone through years of training yeah you know and to become an officer and all these things where these people are more volunteers that work in a military like structure and because of her political position with whatever government or something in the universe or something with the new republic gives her this stance to be a leader of this organization but she doesn't come from a military background I mean, yeah. she understands military, but she's not fully trained like you are in military whatever. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, but I guess my point is neither is Leia, but Leia conducts herself with professionalism and, and, and real leadership. Yeah, but how, not every politician is professional and has great leadership skills No, but either. I'm just saying the plot of the film, they, it, they, they set Haldo up, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but they, they set Haldo up as sort of the true inspirational leader, especially like with her sacrifice at the end of her at the end of the movie, but like her sacrifice at the end is is sold short by her behavior as an awful leader. And I'm not talking about the decisions she made. I don't know that they're definitely very different decisions or plans. There's not really a good alternative. Um, she didn't have a lot of options. But I'm just saying the way that she interacted with her subordinates was just unprofessional. So we're talking the same thing as the First Order. Was this done to be funny or was it purposely done to... And it's, yeah. And I should be fair, like, that same element bothers me about um, Hux. I think Hux is kind of weakened as a character because of his uh, pettiness. But it's, I mean, Hux isn't wearing a silk dress and purple hair. So there's also that. <laughs> right. And I'm not saying like you can't have a silk dress and purple hair in Star Wars. I'm just saying it's weird that you're trying to make that the example of like the hardcore military leader. I really think Akbar should have been in that role. Um, it would have been much more impactful if Akbar were the military commander that Leia trusted because Leia has this history. I could have done for that. Right? Thank you. Yeah. All right. 